Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Frey, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. What's up, West Coast Cam? Hello, Don. You look so spiffy in your new uh, earmuffs there. I mean, headphones. Or Beats by Dre or Snoop Dogg edition or whatever the hell you want to call them. These are my daughter's $40 noise-canceling headphones off of Amazon. Dude, you look like that guy on the airplane that that's like, I'm really cool, don't bother me. That well, you have to sit next to you sometimes. Well, <laughs> But I'm listening to nothing. Absolutely. I'm listening to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, so just don't bother me. I got these noise-canceling headphones. I really don't want to listen to the flight attendant right now. Can anybody give me a Bloody Mary, please? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, miss. Miss. Oh, hey, Steve. <laughs> miss. My cup is empty. And then they're trying to talk to the flight attendant with their cool guy noise-canceling headphones on, and they're like, what? I can't hear you. What? I, I, am I loud? Am I being loud? Can I loud? get some ice with this? <laughs> Where are my free peanuts? Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. He looks great, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. He looks fantastic. Yeah, I don't even have earphones on today. I know. I can see that. Uh, and luckily enough, we don't have uh, the sound of your dishwasher, your wife's Jerusalem cruisers, or your little boy in the background making motorcycle noises. Uh, so we're we're well, all good might, because he just he just uh, did a barrel roll into the side of the crib and. Angie had to go run upstairs to go see what the hell that was all about. Well, well, he may be screaming here in a second. Well, then at that point, everybody will not be able to see your kid, but they'll be able to hear him on the podcast. He's a lovely little guy. Yeah. Well, all parents. He went on his first bike ride. He went on his first bike ride this weekend, which was awesome. He was psyched. Um, for those that don't follow Cam on social media on Instagram, I think that. If you want to f- call children's services, you can use the video because that look of what he think was psyched looked more like petrified fear. Because if you ever seen Cam ride a bicycle, just saying. <laughs> I was not drinking. And that, well, there was definitely a bottle there that had liquid in it. Coconut milk. Once again, just <laughs> one more beverage phrase of your West Coast ridiculousness. <laughs> coconut yeah. milk whole foods bro whole foods whole foods trader, trader joe's. joe's oh my god anyway well hey how was uh so obviously you did some bicycling this weekend no racing it was an off weekend for you yeah it was uh it was it was a good weekend yeah i uh hung out with the fam, we put a little baby seat on the back of the beach cruisers, cruised around. What else did we do this weekend? Bed Bath & Beyond. Bed Bath & Beyond, yeah. A little Home Depot. Not sure if we had enough time for that, but, you know, so, snuck that right in there. Now, oh, you'll like this. So, you know, as I've talked about, we just bought a house, and so we're, which we have tile downstairs, and we were interested in maybe putting some new flooring in. This psycho lady, Angie called to get a quote. So she oh, comes I thought out. You're talking and, about your wife there for a minute. I was like, damn, no, that's no, what no. I'm talking like, about. I come right over the top. Call her right no, out. No, 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 no. So we've been talking about putting 
she wants to put this other flooring in or whatever, which is cool. Um, but do you have any idea how much flooring is? Dude, well, if you call lumber liquidators, I think you can get it like no money down and no payments for three years or something like that. Well, yeah, that they try to fill us this bullshit that, you know, oh, it's 0% APR for the first year. But now, mind you, our house isn't very big, but they wanted, what was it, Angie? $13,000 to put flooring in. Angie looked at me and we were like, get the fuck out of here. Just leave. Just, just. Just take your samples and get out of my house. You're out of your 13,000. Your your house, I mean, not to throw you under a bus, but didn't you tell me the square foot on your house is like a thousand? Yeah, it's 1,200 square feet. What? 1,200? 1,200, yeah. For $13,000, you could get new flooring for 1,200 square foot. What, what was that place? Empire? Yeah. Like, do the floors clean themselves for the rest of your life? <laughs> actually, 11, I, I asked. I wanted to ask the lady if it came with a Zamboni. Eleven dollars a square foot. Yeah, yeah, and they want. I, I'm telling you, if it would have came with a Zamboni that came and cleaned it like every half hour on the hour, I would have been in. But she said no. Dude. Other than that, things are great. <laughs> Had a lot of fun this weekend. I got a phrase for you to help you out with that new flooring. Not going to happen? Area rug. Yeah, we just got one of them. Go to Menards, man. You can get those mugs on clearance for like 20 bucks. Buy about four of them. You're good. Yeah. Be cheap, my friend. Be cheap. You got a kid. He's going to be spilling stuff everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually on our third rug in the living room. Because I spilled coffee on it, and then he spilled something on it, and then actually I think Angie spilled something on it. Oh, yeah. My little brother got... Oh, yeah. Her her little brother came to visit, and he laid out by the pool and drank a whole bottle of, of Captain Morgan and, and uh, forgot about it and puked all over our living room. <laughs> and he woke up and didn't know what happened. <laughs> so there you go. Captain, so, it happen. <laughs> yeah. Captain, I need a new area rug. Dude, he, he was on vacation, man, and amen to him, man. It was awesome, but he had no recollection as to what happened. <laughs> Canadian can't be used to drinking in this warm. <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. As you guys can hear, this is a community uh, peanut gallery um, this week. Um, I'd like you guys to welcome, I would like to welcome bad Brad Littlefield to the mic this week. Uh, we have our superstar guest star, a good friend of mine. Um, a lot of you guys may know him within the industry, um, has been literally, he's racing royalty. Um, his family owns Littlefield Blowers. Um, his, uh, dad was a badass, uh, alcohol funny car racer. He's been around, they build some seriously badass blowers and he's been in the PR, um, communications, you know, writing, Hang on, let me read his business card. Um, <laughs> PR, communications, media, motorsports, automotive specialty, creative and technical writing, proofing, communication strategy, his phone number. If you, and yeah, this badass new new business card. But yeah, welcome, Brad. Yeah, thank you. I'm Tim Seeger, Ultimate Design yeah, for your right. business cards needs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lots of words on there. Yeah, I hope right. they mean something, but they look good. 
yeah, it's just great to be here. I've been on Cast before, first time in studio yeah. at the home of Cameron, Angela, and uh, Angelina, sir, yeah. and Jet Parade. Yeah. So, well, what yeah. a treat. He hasn't been in the house yet, but, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This, this train is not going to make it to the station. We've only had half a beer, so... It's probably going to get way better once I get up to go. We don't have our intern here this week to get us any beer. Where you at, Monica? That's good. That's because her teacher listened to the podcast and found out <laughs> you're drinking, and she forbid her to come back to be our intern. Yeah. And, she said, wait a minute. You literally learned how to go get the guy beer? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are alcoholic beverages? You didn't tell me, Cameron. Yeah. Oh. I, I went oh. big. I went with Sapporo. You know, because I knew Brad was coming, and we usually go to Tsunami Sushi. It's this place around the corner. Um, and I just felt nostalgic today, so I went and I went with Sapporo. I sprung, and instead of Coors Light. So. I haven't been to Tsunami since I moved back down here. Dude, this podcast has cost me money. Already. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have Tightwad Tuesdays, so we're going to have to go on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Tightwad yeah. Tuesday. Well, it costs you about, you know, a million dollars to buy a house around here. So they got to have the, you know, tight wad Tuesday. So you get buy one, get one half off because the fucking plates are like $50 a plate. For but sushi? Good. No, it's like Teppin, like where they like cooking. It's like going to Benihana. Oh, so it's, uh, what do they call that? Teppanyaki or Teppanyaki? No, no. What do we call it over here in the Midwest? Hold on. I don't know. God There's dang a- it. Hold on. Where they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Hibachi, hibachi, hibachi. Uh, yeah. God dang it, dude! That, I, that almost said, so I, um, I almost said Nate Hershey, but it sounded like hibachi. <laughs> anyway, now my now my now my mouth is watering. We should probably go there right oh, now. Oh, now I, I got the burning image of Nate Hershey in the hibachi <laughs> chef suit. Yeah, we can guarantee this. Nate Hershey does not listen to racers and rental cars, so <laughs> we're not going to get any hate mail from him. Yeah, before we get into any any Brad Littlefield stories, because man, I could go for days. This, uh, this podcast might be six hours long because he's got some pretty awesome stories, but a lot of them are probably going to have to be censored because I don't know if they need to go show about it into the public. But um, are you racing this weekend? No, we are. I, well, mo- let's see. So this is Wednesday. This will drop on Saturday. Most people realized uh, or saw that uh, we spent the last five days in the hospital. Uh, we went and checked ourselves in Saturday. We did not make it to LS Fest, which is a big bummer because the social media and everything that went along with it, I missed out on it. It was huge. There was all the complaining for traffic, all these people. And so, you know me, when there's that kind of crowd, I like a big room. And we missed out on it this year for 2000. Well, you're in luck because Brad stopped by because he went to Billy Payne's wedding and stopped by so you can get the, the Cliff Notes version. He is a rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just so happened. I've never been to a beach bin raceway in my life, which is, uh, you know, it's 35 shameful years that I had not been to Bowling Green. But uh, what do you mean? It's not a destination hotspot? Well, you know, in, in our little world. Yeah. You know? That's a. Uh, yeah, Owensboro, Kentucky for uh, yeah Billy Payne, who does Cylinder Heads on Tasca's car. He worked with him on Ripper Sousa Funny Car, and he married uh, Molly Borman, who's in the, the Gas Monkey trailer on the Midway. And uh, he has 
uh, had a lot of fun there Saturday being that. They couldn't get a flight out of Nashville until Monday getting out of there. So on Sunday, you know, drove through Bowling Green, stopped by LS Fest and said, I'm Mr. Um, Brian Loans over there. And uh, okay, it was not, not like the day before, either in traffic terms or the amount of uh, LS parts that were spread across the, <laughs> the quarter mile. Um, oh, man. Was Wasn't it like the oil down Sunday, oh, right? Oh, God. And my guys, the text messages that I got from the guys at the racetrack, just, I got one word, diaper, 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 diaper. I can't, I, well, I, I was going to say I can't wait to be in the LS Fest debrief, but that's not my life anymore. So. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be in that one, so I won't suggest, I won't put that in the suggestion box. Yeah, no, it, it will, uh, just, I felt bad for everybody, but at the same time, I, golly, they're just for, I mean, it's like any other motorsports event, for every person that's got something negative to say. There's 10 other people that have something positive to say about it. That is so, I mean, it's just huge. I mean, all the social media that I saw, it was a really, uh, today we left the hospital. My wife, you know, she's kind of out of it for three or four days. And she's like, so we missed LS Fest, didn't we? I was like, yeah, we did. She's like, that sucks. And I was like, yeah, maybe next year. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, it was, we didn't get to go to that. And we're taking the uh, next couple weeks off, try to get her healed up and kind of see where we're, which direction we're pointed in, uh, I guess probably more realistic for us, St. Louis will probably be the next time, if not a little test here or so, something of that nature beforehand, but nice. but we'll go well, to St. Louis. Well, we're super happy that uh, she's feeling better and uh, you guys are at least back at the house. You know, we uh, she's a fighter and uh, we're all we're all right there with her. So um, right. it's great to see her at, at Indy and, and all that and. I know things kind of went a little bad there for a little bit, but we're happy that uh, she's back at home and uh, in her own bed and uh, doing a lot better. So it's good. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We had a lot of well wishes and texts and so forth through social media over the past five days. And uh, it's always cool, as I tell people when they ask why we're still at the racetrack with her battling the way she is. And I tell them we have more family and friends at the racetrack than we do at home in Evansville, Indiana. So uh, that's what we do. That's, that's what we do. But uh, no. So, yeah, we're going to take a break on that. But that being said, there was a lot of things in the drag racing motorsports world, if you will, that took took place over the last few days uh yeah. this, well this before you get before you get too far i just wanted to let everybody know that yes they probably didn't see my name on the reading entry list i wasn't uh, going there i was going to see if you were going to slide by that or you were just going to kind of you know no, i'll tell people yeah um unfortunately um i had a uh a business commitment that i uh unfortunately could not uh, get out of and at this point in time um my livelihood makes me more money than racing does. So, and we're not in the countdown. So, uh, it's something that, uh, I had to make a decision, um, that, uh, is best for my family at this point. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, we're going to miss Reading. My, uh, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Marino, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Todd Payton's going to fill in for me. Um, and, uh, he's going to, uh, drive Terry's car for us and uh it's gonna be my substitute teacher. Haha. <laughs> no pun intended. Um and uh he's he's gonna drive this weekend and hopefully uh barring everything uh 
goes well, I hope to be back for for uh, St. Louis as well. There we go. We'll be back together in St. Louis. That'll work. That'll work. Always like going to St. Louis. Great facility. Chris Blair and his team. And, of course, yep. the fans are just ridiculously crazy there. So that's cool, too. Or I guess we can't Arch, call it you Nelly. What's yeah, you got what what did he say? He said, you got the Arch, you got Nelly. What else do you need? Uh, well, I don't know. They got some baseball team called the Cardinals, but whatever. Uh, nonetheless, the Worldwide Technology Raceway Park. So I, we just, and for us, for like on my side, us lowly sportsman guys over here, Cam, I know this is like going to be like a shocker to you, but we actually, Unreal. yeah, exactly. Uh, we will actually get to make one pull as we tow over to St. Louis for the national, and then we'll actually get to run the divisional the following week. So that's uh that's really cool for us. It's kind of opposite of how we do the do the Brainerd deal, or uh, or you go to Gainesville where you're always running the divisional first, and then the national afterwards. But we get to run the national first, and then the divisional the following week. So uh, that'll probably put a nice big red bow on my season. But yeah, that's cool. We'll be in St. Louis, and look at Todd. The Canucks gonna get another roll down the racetrack and in a texas car you got a texas car with that's got a california driver that's going to have a canuck substitute you want to talk about a freaking mashed potato pie that's all jacked up that's it we right talk there. about all the good people in, in racing that just goes to show you man it's, it takes all kinds for this world to go around that's what i'm talking about how you can put a program like that together i have no idea it's <laughs> and yeah, if you, you wouldn't you wouldn't get three X Ys in a room to be able to get. Hey, along I will that say way. if there's anybody if there's anybody out there that would love to see me at all twenty four events, um, as much as I would, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, be, I'd, lo- I'd love I'd love to I'd love to chat. You know, absolutely. But, uh, if you'd love to see me as much as I would love to see me, by all means, let's get together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be Cameron Frey seven forty eight at gmail dot com. I want to see you drive top fuel in Reading, Pennsylvania. I will get you a gift certificate to the Shady Maple Smorgasbord for 2020. There we go. My contribution. Yeah, well, I hope I hope to God I'm on that. There we go. Hope I get to cash it in. So, but anyway, Brad, tell me what you do here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do everything and I do nothing. I yeah, love that all, all at once. According to your business card, you do a hell of a lot. I'd love to see your LinkedIn page. <laughs> Yeah, uh, NHRA at National Dragster. I was there for 11 years, 2005 till middle of 2016. I went over to um, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And speaking of St. Louis, when they became the Worldwide Technology Raceway, I, I was very excited that WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca was no longer the longest nickname <laughs> sports tracks. Hashtag but, true uh, story. Yeah, like that in like a, a, a shortcut on your computer. You just like <laughs> control alt Z or something. Well, the best one, we have a, a annual superbike event and you know, used to kind of have to like practice like an auctioneer. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to the uh, FIM Motul Superbike World Championship Geico Motorcycle US round presented by... You know. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, you, you got to get them all in. You know, you got yeah. all, all the sponsors, all the series. And uh, I actually went and visited Brad. I went to Laguna Seca um, with my previous employer for an event and got to come and visit Brad. We did the the Motor Trend Best Drivers deal up there, and he uh, gave me a little behind the scenes tour on the track. Showed me uh, what's that? Cor- is it called the corkscrew? The, corkscrew, the, the world yeah. famous corkscrew. That thing's pretty gnarly. So, yeah, for all you road racing guys out there, yeah. 
I've actually been on a road racing track. I will say that. Yeah, I have to drive that, you know, in a 180-foot stretch of asphalt. Drops you down, you know, almost six stories. Uh, talking like I'm still promoting them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they do have an IMSA race this weekend and IndyCar next weekend. Good luck to all of them. But, uh, yeah, now I uh, left there at the end of July and uh, moved back down here to Southern California where, you know, where the beer flows like wine, yeah. like the, the salmon of Capistrano, yeah, yeah, where the beautiful woman flock like the salmon of Capistrano. That's <laughs> so. uh, no, it, I really enjoyed it up there. It's good to be home. It's just good to get a different perspective on stuff too, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was psyched when you got that position, and you know, it, it, you know, you've been obviously drag racing royalty your whole life, so you all you really knew was drag racing, but it it kind of expanded your palette per se and uh, allowed you to see other forms of motorsports. And, you know, what's the biggest difference you saw within drag racing versus, like, IndyCar and Superbike and all the other road race stuff? Because to me, I mean, as an outsider, I mean, I've only really been in into drag racing. I mean, yeah, I have some racing go-karts, but I just screw around with them, right? I've never really been in any sort of road race circle track stuff. But to me, it seems like... IndyCar is more like the wine and cheese kind of like it's there's a lot of money going on, but they're just more like I mean yeah they're they're big into the racing but it's more of a spectacle. Right? Yeah, well, when we had IndyCar for testing, I've seen just a lot of former NHRA crew members that I knew who are really happy to be in IndyCar. Really? <laughs> and I mean, just in that sense, it's a lot you know less work and uh, more, yeah, less work and more pay. Yeah, uh, not to put anything down anyway, but I mean, just it, it's it's a grind out there for the guys who do it full time. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, you know what happens between rounds, a lot of work, and then they got to you know drive everything around the country. That's a whole another oh, yeah. job in and of itself. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these guys are kind of flown in, and you know, it's um, just a different deal. But no, the, the whole thing just uh, it's like you know, it's like say you're into drag race here, you're on the circus and. That's what I knew no growing up and then do it for a living. And uh, they're going up to Monterey. It's like you, you weren't traveling. You just kind of stayed at one tent and all these different circuses came through. And it, yeah. it uh, does give you uh, just a little different perspective on things, you know. And so some there's aspects of some series. They do things better. Some they do it worse. Yeah. And Well, that's cool. Like I said, it allowed you to to open up your horizons on, on things that maybe you might be able to bring into drag racing. But my... My biggest question is, is it true once a drag racer, always a drag racer? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> there you go. It, it took me like six months to not call the paddock the pits, and <laughs> <laughs> but I had no problem when it came back the other way. Um, yeah. And it's always, and if I didn't have the drag racing outlet in one way, shape, or form, you know, it would have been tough. But it was, you know, racing, you know, nostalgic funny car stuff with Rupert and now, now putting the big show funny car together. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like, okay, so we know you went, your family builds blowers, you worked for NHRA for 11 years or whatever, went to Laguna Seca. What, like, what do you do now? Like, what are you doing now? Um, Question. Yeah, uh, helping uh, put this funny car together. Well, I should be looking for uh, work and uh, <laughs> career opportunities. Uh, <laughs> and they were very upset with me, by the way, when I went to the wedding this weekend. It's like, why were you not, you know, here yeah. helping on the car? Why would you go to a wedding? Mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> but uh, yeah, doing doing all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, every weekend just trying to put that together. Our goal is to 
you know, be able to test it on Monday, the Monday Nationals of Vegas, and you know, things go well for a crossover, potentially uh, running at the finals. But yeah, I got um, all the stuff from Steve Pluger and upgraded it with uh, some uh, Mustang bodies from John Forrest. Got Schumacher heads and blowers, and uh, it's a lot of a lot of good people, friends in the industry, helping us out and uh, holding their hands through through some of it. But uh, we're cool. really excited about doing it. Nice. You hear that? You hear that, Don? Another nit- nitro car. That's N I T R O. Nitro. It doesn't have doors. Yeah, so I I mean You've been way too quiet. I'm trying to get them riled up as you can see. I mean, ah, it's a nitro car. I mean, I mean, come come on. I mean, nitro car, come on. Yeah. Oh, so so that's a whiff of smell of burning money. It's just uh, <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought that was the Japanese beer you were drinking. Anyway, so <laughs> Speaking of that, I, yeah. So, Brad, so let's talk about that from from the mm-hmm. standpoint putting putting this program together uh, to to have a you know you're basically going this is a ground up deal, right? I, I understand that it was kind of a lot of people kind of came through the ranks of, on the, the West Coast Nostalgia series, right? I mean, they're not. It's not right. like it's not like they just decided. They all went, got together, went to the bank, took out, you know, $200,000 each. And, and well, hey, we, this, we pardon this interruption. We're going to be putting sponsors in here, but until then. <laughs> yeah, that's hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com. So these guys came together. So what, what was the driving force? Okay, let's not, let's not sugarcoat anything. Drag racing, NHRA, it's a costly sport at the nitro level. Doesn't matter if you're a part-time team or even a regional team. You know, when they talk about going on the West Coast swing or things of that nature and they call part-time teams that come out and you see them three or four times on the series. I don't care if they come out three or four times on the series. They still got to have the rig. They still have to have the equipment. They still have to have the parts. It's still an expensive deal to be involved with. So for your little group there that you're involved with, what was the driving force to say, okay, we're, we want to go do this and let, let's put a Nitro funny car together. Yeah. As far as costs, it's still a phrase from Jim Dunn and racing always costs the same, you know, everything you got. Um, <laughs> the, the driving force, uh, Jason's just, he's always just been a big Nitro funny car guy. I mean, our, our dads both I knew each other growing up before we were ever born and they raced Nitro funny cars. And so he wishes he could have, Looked at a guy in a business suit and admired them, but you no, know, he saw the guys in the gas masks of Orange County Raceway and was like, "That's what I want to be." Um, but it was a, a thing he kind of almost conceded. You know, he's doing the you know, raced alcohol cars forever, and then uh, nostalgia nitro funny car, which we're fortunate enough to have a lot of success in. We got uh, you know six six championships, three NHRA, three IHRA. You know, and kind of got to a point where I mean, this is great. It's still competitive, still challenging, but. You know, what's the next thing? And uh, the opportunity to get uh, Pluger's car came up. Like, it, moving up to Nitro Funny Car wasn't a thing that was on any, any of our radars until uh, his Steve and Jason talked to each other. And it was just kind of a thing where it's like, you know, this is actually kind of doable. We may be able to do it. And it just uh, snowballed with everyone who's involved with the car. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we lost Pluger uh, early last year, but uh, th- things eventually uh, went through, and then um, you know we were able to 
sell our nostalgia car to kind of Jerry Espeseth, who drove it to the final round at the March meet, and he'll be running again at the reunion with us uh, still working on it and tuning it. And, uh, you know, with that, is you know, got, got some parts to, to get everything up to date, and we'll we'll see how it goes and try not to blow ourselves up. So is there a – and this is probably, like, answered in itself – is there a long-term plan for the group or is this guys, if we, if we go out here and we, and we go to two or three races and all right, we can say that we tried, we did it. We accomplished, you know, for us, you know, was, you know, personal goals or gratification. And then we're just going back to nostalgia racing or is, is this like something that we're, we're going to, we're going to start growing a farm field here. We're going to plant some corn. We're going to watch water it and watch it grow and, and see if we can't start a cycle. Uh, we fully know we're biting off more than we can chew <laughs> and trying to chew the hell out of it. I uh, like it. I like it. Yeah. The, the goal, uh, as far as the way we want to do it, I mean, uh, we're not comparing ourselves to these, you know, badass guys in the past, but like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe Paisano, where they they kind of race when they want to race, and but you know when they show up, they're going to have, have their stuff together. And that's what we have. If, if we can only run – a couple times a year on the West Coast, but we come in prepared, you know, with good parts. We're, that that's uh, how we want to do it. You know, run as much as as we can and try to uh, be as competitive as we can be. Good, good. I like it. Well, and that's. I mean, you got to have a plan, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of us in racing, we decide that we're gonna. I, I like your phrase: bite off more than we can chew. And because it's still, man, you got to be prideful. You know, you got to be, you got to have some pride in you to go out here and be competitive and get, jump off in these, you know, go fast categories. And a lot of times it just doesn't work. And it seems like you end up being more demoralized than you are, you know, positive attitude or, or accomplishing, you know, your self, self-service goals. Yeah, absolutely. And this one thing I learned just racing with Jason Rupert too. I mean, he's got uh, he, he's he's got the guts and and the belief in himself. Because I, I remember I mean, racing with um, you know my dad and alcohol ranks, and you know we, we weren't you know a big budget team by any means, but you know we kind of did thing plan by plan. And, and Jason came in just opened up a little welding shop and started put built a car with all these parts and it's like you're way in over your head what are you doing but there's just never any any doubt to just kind of find a way make mistakes along the way but you know develop the skills to to keep moving forward okay so let's talk about your future and how you are visually seeing yourself it sounds like you want to be in PR, you are in PR, you're self-promotion, you're in that, but I keep, you, you keep talking about you're over here working on Nitro teams and, and, you're, and you're over here and you're getting your hands dirty. Is it a he's deal? Got a, he's got a sickness, Don, and here's the thing. He wanted to go come on to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast to tell the world, you know, because we have such a huge reach, what he's looking to do. <laughs> Did my mom send you messages before this deal? What's going on? Um, <laughs> what? What? Quit screwing around and do something with your life. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I I I asked him if when he got here because he you know you moved back home you know to you know 
start again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, are the towels warm? And he's like, well, the laundry's always seems to just do itself now. <laughs> oh my god, mom. Anyway, yeah. So what's keeping what's keeping Mister Littlefield here from being a full on on the road, turning wrenches, getting greasy, smelling like ninety weight all day long, over pecking away on a laptop, carrying your little le- your little notepad and your pen in your pocket, and taking some photos. What's what's the dividing force here? Why? why is Have you ever read anything of what he's written? I, it's actually I, pretty damn good. I, and have you ever tried to uncross thread some I, of the studs? I've- <laughs> <laughs> I joke with people as, you know, just better grades in English and shop. So that was kind of my niche in, in uh, the automotive world. But uh, no, it's, it's always the working on car stuff. It's always just been a fun thing for me. I mean, you know, it'd be great to do it, you know, on some level. But I mean, it, it's not that I'd say probably like freshman year going to Long Beach State. Uh, I'm do mechanical engineering, just full delusion of I would be the next Jimmy Proc. And then back it. Stanford Law. <laughs> a lot more girls hung out in like the journalism and PR uh, classes <laughs> there. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, I did. You know, I was a kid. Did uh, uh, I was eleven? I was Brad's got a driver's license. Yeah, I did uh, newsletter for all the alcohol racers uh, out on the West Coast, and just like when I applied for the international dragster job, I put the worst possible monster.com resume together, sent it to Phil Burgess and then five minutes he responded back. I was wondering if slash hoping someone like you would apply. I'm like, oh man, it's pretty cool. Um so I don't know, it's just you just kinda wanted to be in, in this I love the people in motorsports, so I just wanted to be in the orbit of it. Um and I think that's just kinda more my, my niche. Okay. All right. Well let's talk about a defining moment. You had 11 years that you worked for NHRA in the drag racing world. So let's talk about a defining moment that you've, because we're talking about economic downswing, you know, the recession happened. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to go personal there. Oh, yeah. Brandon, Camp Brown, and, 2012. No. No, 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 but that'll be later in the show. <laughs> That's, a, that's it. Judge, judge's bar, ski shot. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> so, what? What do you? What can you point in that that tenure? Let's just call it a decade from NHRA drag racing because you're on the writing side. You're kind of on the outside looking in at the professional teams. You're a professional writer. Let, let's talk about a positive and a negative defining moment that you feel like there was a swing period uh, in NHRA drag racing. Because, you know, there was some glory years there in, in the early 2000s. Uh, and then we hit the recession and teams were falling to the wayside. Sponsors became harder and harder to get. Uh, bonus programs were leaving left and right. We were we were NHRA's going through different Coca-Cola brands. Uh, I mean, we just had all kinds of craziness going on in the business side of it. W- what can you like reflect on and pull and say, hey, I think this was a moment and this was a moment in drag racing? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. And, and at times, I mean, sometimes there are different aspects that are good while others are bad. I mean, even now you look at, uh, you know, I mean, they're, Filling grandstands at a lot of play. That's Sonoma, is you know, sellouts for third, fourth consecutive year. People are really happy, but at the same time, there's other problems with 
Navy SEALs and, and other things that where they're, you know, it's it's not as healthy as it should be and the car counts aren't up. Um, I mean, uh, the, the pivotal moment is, is the housing crisis, I mean, period. I mean, when, and that's goes through a lot of things in the country, not just uh, our sport, but yeah, 2008, 2009, it's when things really, uh, everything had to tighten up. And, and we also had just a lot going on uh, in the sport too. With, uh, Eric Madlin, Scott Coletta, that was all leading up to in the same time during the, the tail end of, of the really good years. Um, and just every year from that point out, uh, internally is just tightening up, tightening up, tightening up. And, um, and it's all points where some of us were scrozing out. So hey man, I know, I know the feeling, I know what that's like. I, I feel like I just went through that, <laughs> but it's not 2008. Brad, Brad, do you feel like the, the quarter mile, cause you're part of that, you're part of the, the writing group. Do you think the the reduction from a quarter mile to a thousand foot? Do you think it was as significant as people talk about now when we talk about oh we need to go back to a quarter mile for nitro racing? How significant? Because you're you're somebody that's rooted. Your last name is rooted in nitro racing. So for you and your name in your true professional opinion, was it a real turning point going from thirteen twenty to a thousand after Scott's death? No, I think I think there are other things that happen between uh, just the safety deal in general and uh, which uh, got much much better after that, and uh, the economy that you know it just that that thousand foot the quarter mile thing is just such a a lazy easy thing to say, you know they took our jobs I missed quarter mile it just. Um, I, I, I think the racing in and of itself is is great now at a thousand feet. If there were you know as many cars as there were in 2008, and, and I'm thinking a funny car in particularly because you're just you know I used to love Saturdays. Like the first thing you want to see on a qualifying list is oh who didn't make it, you know. And now right. it's kind of you know you, you know all, all the normal guys are, are pretty much in. I that's a you that brings up a question that I have. We have four qualifying runs in the pro ranks or whatever. Do you, because of the car counts are so low and they don't seem to really be growing, why don't they cut that to say two qualifying runs and make those two qualifying runs mandatory, right? So then it turns into a Saturday, Sunday show and then you don't have to worry about the Thursday, Friday situation. It helps a little bit. Do you think that would be good or bad? No, I don't. <laughs> Either way, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think shows with less days, like and experiences when uh, did like the IHRA tour from 2014, 2016, when you know the Styles of Funny Cars, Nitro Harleys were the pro classes. It's a lot of fun, and it was Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday. You're able, you know, Sunday crowds anywhere you go are kind of lighter anyway, and you're able to go home. But at the same time, I get, you know, you're not getting the, the gate. So for the, the racer's perspective, Friday, Saturday nights and less races in general is better. But, yeah, you know, you got to have the revenue to oh, keep yeah. the sport healthy. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a catch-22 with a lot of that stuff because people, you know, people say, you know, the racers say, oh, well, why don't you just shorten up the, the weekends or whatever? And then 
you know, because a lot I've actually heard fans like in the stands say, man, like qualifying so predictable, right? Obviously, Brittany and Steve-O are going to haul ass and then everyone else is just and Clay Milliken is going to haul ass and then everyone else is just going to kind of make up the numbers. Right. And then you have some lower budgeted teams trying to get in there. So it's like, I don't know what's right. Right. I mean, <clears throat> because like even I mean, I guess what's the percentage of even like the big teams like smoking the tires. Right. So because they're trying to go for broke because they, I mean, what else do you do? I mean, you got four shots at it. You're guaranteed to qualify because we all know they're going to go faster than 390 regardless. Right. I don't know. I don't know what's right. Well, it's got to be a healthy platform for, for enough cars to, to make that interesting. And it's always such a hard question. Like what would you do to fix the sport? I mean, we'll have opinions on it at the same time. It's like, I always feel like I, I, I'm the choir. I'm, I'm not the person who's not going to the races that, okay, you could get me back if this happens. So I, I think it's, right. you know, one, one of the coolest things you can go to on a weekend. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hell, well, if I had the budget, I'd want to make all, all four runs in qualifying. We just don't have a budget. All right. So because, and Brad, I'm glad you brought up your IHRA days so that, mm-hmm. we, can, that we can reference those. Because I grew up in the IHRA, you know, in the southeast, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Darlington, that the whole division nine for IHRA days. I am a huge proponent as, and honestly this weekend, it, it really struck me as we were sitting in the hospital room on Sunday morning as NASCAR was running qualifying for, for the brickyard and they qualified on Sunday morning and then ran the race. And I'm sitting here going, okay, if we could go back, IHRA days, Nitro teams got one run on Friday, got one run on Saturday, and ran first round Saturday night. I, I mean, that's it, it. I mean, so like three runs. And, and, and you're talking about at that time, we're talking J.R. Todd, Bruce Litton. We were talking like stellar days, you know, Josh Starcher, some of these guys that, you know, I'm going way back. Yeah, you remember yeah. that name? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, names out of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or, hey, how about Luigi? Yeah, exactly. Or, or, you know, or Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Cowan, you know, when he drove, when he drove for the Serta car. But the fan, you could pack them in and you could get a show in. So I started thinking about it from that standpoint. And Cam, I'm glad you brought that up about, having mandatory runs kind of like a nascar qualifying deal you come in there pro teams on friday you're gonna get one run saturday you're gonna get one run saturday night we're gonna run first round so you're gonna get a situation where the teams don't get that track weather or that track time time of day when Oh, well, we got a Friday night run, so it's okay that we're going to run first round on Saturday night. I think we're going you insert the the vulnerability or the experience factor, if you will, of those crew chiefs and lady luck for the underdogs under those situations. And I think it makes the show better. They do it to us sportsmen guys all the time. I mean, you know, we may get we may get a qualifying run that's on Saturday morning and we run first round Saturday night at ten o'clock. We've never been on the track past seven. So I mean I once again think that it shortens up the show. 
if you will, makes it more entertaining and exciting, especially in the summer months when you're it's freaking brutally hot and you're ending the show at like four o'clock. Where was it that the second round of pro qualifying ended at like four o'clock in the afternoon? And I'm like, it's Saturday. People, you're missing out on beer drinking, concession stand sales, t-shirt sales, and these people are leaving the stands in droves faster than they can, you know, it's like the turn the lights on and the cockroaches left. Yeah, I've actually, I've brought this up before, it might have been on the podcast, but um, when I went down to Australia uh, to race down there, it was my first experience when it came, because they only had, I think there's only six cars, yeah, there were six cars, um, when I went down there to run, but when what they do is they change the format when there's not enough cars to run. So they do it off of a point system, but they guarantee the fans that they will see. Like Friday is like test and tune, right? It's just you know it's not mandatory. You can make runs if you if you want to. Saturday is the actual race, so you're guaranteed to see three runs and each car make three runs. We didn't get done till like one in the morning because of the rain and stuff, and actually they ended up canceling the race, unfortunately. But I thought it was really, really cool, because it, and the people who race in the, in the quote-unquote final and how they determine a winner is all based off a point system and an ET, and, you know, a round win is worth a certain amount of points, but if you're the low, if you're the low ET of that round, you know, you get extra points or whatever, so the highest points get you to the final or whatever. Yes, it's a little confusing to the the layman at the beginning to like to start figuring it out. But once, I mean, if you're a fan, you start to go to the races, right? You're going to learn the format. And I don't know. I just thought it was really cool because you get you're guaranteed to see all the cars three times. I just thought that was really cool because they don't have enough cars, and we're we always talk about we don't have enough cars down here. So I mean, obviously, I don't think that would work around here because we have too many, but. They're open to. It's cool that down in Australia they're open to trying to make the sport better with, you know, with their point system or whatever. All right, heck, I mean, dude, let's be creative. I mean, make it Chicago style for your third third qualifier on Saturday. You want to give everybody two on Friday, come back around for for third qualifier on Saturday. Take take the qualifying sheet, make it uh, Chicago style, pair them up. And, you know, put on a show. I don't know. You just got to do something other than running a standard deal that is done at 4 o'clock. Everybody's sweating to death. And I, I, I don't know. It just it doesn't work. I, I mean, I really feel like you need to do something different to make it more of an entertainment value to keep people in the stands later at night and, and have a good time. I, I mean, that's I, I, I'm sorry. We're in the entertainment. Well, if you want to have a good time, you just go to the Nostalgia Funny Car races. We haven't even got to talk about that yet. <laughs> the Nostalgia Funny Cars, and then Leonard Skinner plays, <laughs> and we do fireworks, and John Hill brings in like you know Great White or something to play. <laughs> like next thing you know, the stage lines are rocking, and you know everybody's having a grand old time, and yeah. Well, I mean. Dude, they did that at Indy this week. They're getting knocked down. <laughs> they had they had qualifying. They had quali- yeah. <laughs> All right, you two are making sounds over there. What the heck? Uh, We're just mumbling under our breath. Is that so what it is? What actually happens? Well, after I mean, at hours. the at the Brickyard this weekend, they had qualifying. Then they had Florida Georgia Line play a concert, like the downtime to let the teams recover, and then the race started. 
I mean, well, if anybody's listening, we've been trying to get our uh, our esteemed colleague and buddy PJ North. He's been trying to pitch all kinds of ideas. But you know, I mean, he might know a few of those people. I mean, he is a Nashville recording artist, so um, yeah. And if anybody's listening in any trade, please answer his emails. It'd be great. <laughs> Brad, do you know anybody that might be able to answer those? Actually, I, I uh, got to see our buddy uh, PJ in, uh, in never, Nashville. I'd never been to Nashville before, and uh, yeah, it was my introduction to it on uh, Sunday. Met up with him, good to talk to him. And uh, yeah, he had good ideas about that. And yeah, and I just told him too. I mean, there's you know a lot of people you talk to as go between whatever, but and Glenn Cromwell, the president. If you've never talked to him, he's pretty damn easy to talk to and he'll yeah. you know he has people to answer to as well which may or may not right you know what, what, he's actually something that he's actually through, come, but he's yeah he comes he's around very to the, reasonable so the trailer like you know I've, I've seen him at multiple races come into even our trailer and just check in and hey how things are going like we know you guys are struggling but you know we're doing what we can to try to help you guys kind of thing which i mean it's nice of them to even do that right so I've been prior to his presidency. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he, he did uh, his division seven director for two years. And, and uh, for all, all things considered, I think he kind of earned racers uh, respect there and at working at NHRA, you know, there, there's two stories there and the executives are up top and people like me are in the bottom. <laughs> but he was one of the few from up top that would semi-regularly just come and, hey, Racer this around. is what's going on and how are you guys doing kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Racers and Rental Cars podcast is a fan of Glenn. Oh, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Because I'm a fan of Glenn because, Brad, I'm not sure if you remember this, but actually him and old uh, Rich Safer are failed entertainment guys. From back in the day, I don't know. I don't know if you remember that they were part of the Monster Jam, IHRA, they the Supercross. They were Feld Entertainment guys. They I love that Monster Trucks get brought up in this podcast uh, more often than not. Feld Entertainment, a big customer of Littlefield Superchargers, powering Grave Digger and many of the other Monster Trucks out there. Boom! Hey, shocker Game about. Th- hey, how about this? We'll do this teaser, Cam. We can do it on air. So I actually. We're going to have a monster truck driver on the podcast in the extreme near future. Excuse me? Absolutely, my friend. Oh, yeah. We're going to get the 411 on the, this, and this, this, I'm going to say this, this driver went from drag racer to monster truck driver. Lives in. It maybe lives, maybe li- I can follow in their footsteps. <laughs> hey, don't 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 think that I'm not asking. Hey, how do we get an audition for this? Can yeah, we? Can I may we, or may not. I may or may not need my resume brushed up for that. I'm just going to slip right that. Oh right into his inbox. man! But yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I need to hit up my buddy Todd LaDuke too. Get him on the show. He drives a Monster Energy Monster truck. Oh, is that the one he drives? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. He but, speaks fluent, bro. Yes, oh. he does. Oh, man. God, I love him. God, I got another West Coast guy. Can we please get somebody that's got some Midwest or Southern in him? Gee whiz. Well, we've been trying to get Tommy on here for what? He's, you know, look, he's from Cleveland. Know, he's from Cleveland. That's the whole, that's just their own freaking, that's, <laughs> there's, that doesn't, doesn't qualify to be a Yankee. It doesn't qualify to be a Midwesterner. They're in Cleveland. They're Clevelanders. That's exactly what they're called. Clevelanders. Clevelanders. Gotcha. Well, yeah. 
Brad, dude, we really appreciate you coming by. Thanks for coming on the show. I mean, for the love of God, we'll have to send you a parting gift because you actually had to go to Cam's house. Uh, he got a parting gift. He's drinking beer. I'm going to Uber him home. Yeah, it's, it's been my pleasure. Just tell your uh, top dragster, top sportsman friends, buy a Littlefield Supercharger, make their car fast. They can do the chasing. And uh, When, I had, a, when I had a top dragster for a hot minute with my uncle, it had a Littlefield 1471 on that sucker. com, like in and out burgers on the West Coast are made to order fresh. <laughs> ah, I like it. I like it. Well, hold on, Brad. You, oh, I'm going to give you your shameless plugs. Go ahead. Tell everybody. I mean, because we obviously have racers that listen for motorsports marketing advice and PR and so forth. And I know you're in that, you're in that realm. Uh, tell people where they can reach out and get in touch with you. And get in touch with me by uh, email, bradlittlefield752 at gmail.com. I am, um, yeah, I'm here for all, uh, to listen to any and all motorsports uh, communication needs, whether it's uh, your business and performance racing industry, or you just want to uh, um, do something with your team and be able to get it out to the right mediums. I'm, I'm your guy. Yeah. I, and I will say that, uh, I mean, yes, he's a buddy of mine, but, um, he does an amazing job. He's very, very, very well connected within the industry. So for those of you that are looking to expand your horizons, like even it doesn't have to be nitro ranks. It can be, you know, top sportsman, top dragsters, super comp, whatever. Like he's, uh, you know, he actually did back in the day, remember riding a wave. He wrote, he wrote this column when he was in at national dragster, uh, with super comp. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be just professional category. He can uh, definitely help you out as far as your press release needs. And, you know, as we always talk about on this show, self-promotion, trying to get yourself out there. These, these companies want to know, what you can do additionally instead of just saying, hey, you know, I'm going to put a sticker on your car, right? Um, I actually, I got a lot of questions about that most recently about, you know, oh, like, what should I do? Like, I, I hit up this company and I told them that I can, you know, I just want some free stuff. Well, what are you going to do? As uh, first question, well, what are you going to do for them? Well, I just want some free tires, so I was just going to put a sticker on the car. Well, how many, how many sets of tires are you going to sell for them? But I don't know. So, yeah. So there's there's a lot of things that again everybody needs to continue to think about. You know, as it come we're coming into it's it's September now, so we got SEMA coming up, PRI coming up. You know, maybe Ooh. take a take a little gander and uh, scope out some of our previous podcast episodes to give yourself a little refresher course. Dude, and don't go to SEMA or PRI with proposals to hand out. Send the, those ahead of time and maybe go to follow up. Follow up, yeah, because I can I can promise you I'll what? tell you what happens. To, what? I can tell you what probably. I'm pretty sure I've 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 sent this out there, but uh, I'll tell you what the, happened to them. You know when they ended up landed in my backpack. Usually my backpack would weigh like 75 pounds after one of the shows, and they would end up in the trade show booth boxes, which means I wouldn't see them again for like another couple months. Or, Maybe email. Uh, it's oh. this PDF thing do you, or a blind link or anything Dropbox. like that. You've ever heard of that? Dropbox. Dropbox. Transfer. Wow. Yeah, we transfer. Barbarian, mm-hmm. Let me add a step. Send a proposal, uh, buy someone a drink at the Slippery Noodle, and then follow up. Yes. That, that's that's the key. Yes. <laughs> not slippery the Noodle, sl- ladies and gentlemen. Not the Slippery Noodle. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brad. So 
Before you go, you got we got a couple questions for you as your parting gift. Ooh. All right, so you get to send one Christmas card to anybody in the motorsports world. Who are you sending it to? One Christmas card. Oh, boy. A good one. You do these on all your shows? Yes, we do. Uh, okay, I, I lied to you. I said I listened a couple of to the end. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I start them during my commutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you get to hear the last part, but yeah. There's been some good ones. Sammy Powers had some good ones. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm kind of stumped here that Brad's taking this long to send one good Christmas card. To send a Christmas card to someone in the drag racing world? No, it can be anybody in motorsports. Anybody in motorsports? Oh, okay. To be the head of WeatherTech Laguna Seca, Niner, uh, Superbike, FIM World Championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can be sending it to Dan McLean. Thank you very much. Steve McLean. No, WeatherTech's Dan McLean. Isn't that right, Brad? WeatherTech? Yeah. No, no, that's uh, McNeil. Uh, McNeil. Dan yeah. McNeil? David McNeil, Dave. the owner of and the Sun Coopers. Uh, could be Ace yeah. Ventura. Yeah. I mean, could be Billy Madison. Could yeah. be anybody. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever. Right. Yeah. It could be Burt Reynolds. Whoever you want to send it to. You're killing me, Pete. I cannot Burt believe Reynolds. you're a PR guy. You can't come up with one freaking good Christmas card. Could be like, I don't know, an ex girlfriend. I What the hell? Take backs, <laughs> Brad. It's only Brad. It's only an hour show. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll send a Christmas card to John Force. Got some one fifty champ and one fifty one. Yeah, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm only congratulating them on Seattle. The rest oh, okay. Just gravy. All right. All right. Well, that's kind of weak, but anyway, it, it is. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Does does John Force race? Littlefield. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for doing my laundry. <laughs> yeah, right. How's my laundry always getting done? Anyway, <laughs> all right. Now this this should take like two seconds. You get you get to send one WTF card to one person in the motorsports world. Who are you sending WTF it to? WTF cards a thing? Yeah. What the, bro? Uh, I mean, I know what it stands yeah. for, but yeah, yeah that's a thing. One one person. Now we have had entire organizations named. We've had <laughs> departments named. We've had specific people named. Specific people named. Yeah, but so so it can be a gamut here. But you you get to send one WTF card. Go. How can a writer be drawing a blank? You are a PR person. This is killing <laughs> your street cred for job employment opportunities. Don's around getting teed up right now. <laughs> getting, I mean, the ball is uh, I mean, going to be quick, but the, the part of my brain that's like, oh, people listen to this. You can't. <laughs> oh, to, oh, hey, no, because let me tell you, there's some of them that have been very, very good when they when they rattle them off like, no deep breath or nothing. It's like, like for instance, Sean, Sean Langdon would probably send a WTF card to Chris Pendergun. Mm-hmm. Something would, of the old. Yeah, would, I yeah, yeah, I would think so. Sean, I mean, Sean could probably have. Eh, Sean probably got a couple others, but yeah, at, at, right now, relevant wise, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it would be Cruz. Yeah, like for instance, like Sean Langdon probably would send a WTF card to Chris Pendergun. 
Uh, I myself would probably send a, a WTF card to Tony Pendergrim. Uh, I'm going to keep it even closer to the family. WTF, Jason Rupert. No. Sorry, I couldn't work on the car this weekend. <laughs> I, I'm in a wedding and I come home with a, a new nickname. I'm Mr. Vacation now because I missed a Saturday working on a race car. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. So, which, which, well, see, I would have hey, thought that. hate, bro. I was going to say. Well, for him to listen, he's going to have to like look up podcasts. He's yeah. going to have to Google podcasts. <laughs> Surrey, what is this podcast you speak of? Oh, oh my God. I would have thought Jason would have got your Christmas card, but hey, we're going to give him the WTF card. Uh, That's the love-hate relationship they have. That, hey, everybody's makes, got one. It's the only way it makes yeah. the world go around. Uh, well, Brad, we greatly appreciate you taking time out, coming on the show, sharing some of your history, background, and professional opinions. And uh, once again, we hope uh, hope that you will be a follower of Racers and Rental Cars, and we wish you all the best out there. And I'm sure after you get done having a nitro car down, go down the racetrack here at the tail end of the season, we will bring you back on the show, and you can tell us about how wonderful it was. Well, here's the thing: he's gonna have his inbox is gonna be so full from PR work now that he's not gonna have time. So Jason's really gonna be pissed at us. <laughs> he won't be Mister Vacation then. Yeah, uh, that's true. But yeah, but better, better, uh, you know, get those stories from me quick because, you know, a year from now we'll be broke, drinking beer in the grandstands, but we'll have good stories to tell. So <laughs> That's exactly right. And no sushi to eat. That's all right. I'll be there. I'll be there with you. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate Brad. it, guys. Yeah, very much so, Brad. Thank you very much. Okay, Cam, so... I, we got a couple more things here to talk about. That's I, I can't uh, I can't stress to people enough I, when you get somebody that's also like minded like we are that that's in the marketing and PR world, uh, and we get them on the show and they echo the same things that we talk about as you brought up trade shows and so forth. So that that's always good to give our uh, street cred some some more uh, fluff in there, if you will, some more credibility. Uh, like we might actually know what the hell we're talking about. We may or may not. Well, know I, something that may or may not for sure. Well, I, I got like three things to close up here as, as we're going to get out of here on this show. One huge shout out, right? I'm going to give a huge shout out. Aaron Stanfield making his, debut back again after a four-year hiatus driving a pro stock car this weekend in Reading, Pennsylvania for the guys out of the elite organization. Uh, Aaron being a top dragster guy, factory stock showdown. Uh, I mean, what can you say about his dad, Greg? For me, I think it's like way cool that he's going to be pulling levers and dropping the clutch with some of the best in the country this weekend so i'm i'm giving a huge shout out to aaron no that's awesome good for him you know it's always it's always good to see people you know if you don't hear from him for a while even though he's been active in the sportsman world um to get another shot you know he's a great driver and you know i've never met him personally but seems like a cool dude so kudos to him for sticking it out and still chasing the dream Oh, for sure. So, I mean, you got to have, I mean, he is a great lever in the top dragster ranks. He hits the bottom pretty good. So, to add him to the elite group with Erica and Alex and Jeggy, wow. That is a lot of get off the starting line first with your left foot 
individuals over in the elite camp going into Reading, Pennsylvania. So uh, best of luck to those guys. Second thing I have, and we're going we're gonna to tie two and three together. Did you see the pro stock and pro mod schedule that came out for 2020? Slightly. I did see it, yes. Was it 18 races, right? Right, for the pro stock guys. Um, not real sure how I, I'm totally not in love with the shortened uh, chase and the countdown uh, deal. So, yeah, that's a little weird. I did see that. So I and look. So uh, maybe we should ask Brad this from a from a promotion standpoint. But I, I really. I really have a problem, not a problem. I have a concern that we're, we're rotating venues, right? We're always rotating venues. We've been rotating venues through the sportsman ranks, through pro stock, pro mod, nitro, Harley factory stock showdown. We seem to have these different regions, you know, whether they're a markets or B markets that we're rotating these classes and events through these different venues right this year or 2020 we're gonna have pro mod in chicago but we won't have pro stock uh we're gonna have pro mod in denver not pro stock which i'm pretty sure there's probably nobody in a pro stock ranks that's upset about not going to denver um (laughs) but at the same time i'm concerned if we start catching fair weather fans that are the, and I say fairway. That's the wrong. How about we call them diehard fans, not of drag racing, but of class racing, from the standpoint that they're a fan of Pro Mod, and the reason why they buy a ticket is to show up at an event for Pro Mod. They're they're Pro Mod fans. Uh, we're Pro Stock fans. We have Factory Stock Showdown fans, and we're just creating the opportunity to give someone a reason to not come to a race thoughts on that yeah as someone who came up you know top alcohol was always my you know that's my my bedrock for for everything in motorsports and you know when when they let's say so 2000 or so um went from 24 to 16 events you know we joke that the other ones were oduls races you know the non-alcohol ones but <laughs> but i mean it really was a different vibe and yeah, there, there were races you really look forward to and just going to them without the, those particular cars if, if you're into that were way different and and you know you go to certain parts of the country where i mean yeah, Atlanta, uh, Richmond, you know, they those people don't leave the stands when Pro Stock is out there like like they do other places. Bristol, they love their top fuel Harleys. You know, Norwalk, the big, you know, IHRA legacy there, their Pro Mod, Top Dragster, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's all, you got to be cognizant of that. And, and yeah, like your turn of phrase, I mean, yeah, don't give people an excuse not to go. Yeah, I that's... <sighs> It, it is, and so, and then, okay, you can take it from a sportsman point of view. We're gonna sit back now, and and you could, if you're bored, you could figure out where top sportsman and top dragster and factory factory stock showdown where they're gonna fit in, 
based on the way they rotated the schedule this year in 2019 at the venues that they decided to have us together or not have us together and separate us, which I think for a lot of areas, separating top sportsmen and top dragster is a bad idea um, for a lot of reasons why I think separating pro stock and pro mod in certain areas is a bad idea. So that being said, since Brad is still with us, Brad, what do you think about having different regional series that focus on pro mod and factory stock showdown and mountain motor pro stock as well as top sportsman top dragster adding in opportunities for more top alcohol dragster or top alcohol funny car competition across the country you can do that now i mean it's just just you know giving it's in adding it's in there for points yeah. i guess is the only thing but it's it's all up to the track owners. I mean, there's a lot of races, you know, when the alcohol cars went to regionals and things like that. There were some tracks that are very supportive of that, and yay, we get them twice. And and yeah. but other places where they like to race, it's like oh, we get this back eight. We don't need to. It costs us more, and we have to yeah, promote insurance because of the nitro stuff. That it, it's way more expensive to run an alcohol a car. I heard this was years ago, but I heard it was like. Fifteen thousand dollars more or something to carry the the license or the insurance policy in order to run alcohol cars at a divisional, which you know. But I mean, well, I think yeah, I, I I won all that, and there there's people who promote tracks that do a hell of a job. You know, Baders, Bandemirs get get brought up a lot on a smaller scale. You know, tracks like Woodburn where they just you know, try to put on the best show they can, and then there's others that. Mm, do less <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i i mean that's i'm just thinking that you know we're we take someplace like uh who got left off this year so we don't have pro stock at brainerd we have pro mod but you know that's kind of a tough one to, to call because there's a divisional before the national but um you know norwalk will not have pro mod this year i mean that's is that, just is that did you say there's no pro stock in Brainerd next year? No pro there. stock in Brainerd next year. Oh, wow. Well, good thing Jason Lyon got his win this year. I, yeah. did, I, I right? didn't notice that looking at the schedule. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, how is that for, you know, you take somebody like like the Lyon family, like Jason. He gets to run pro stock. I'm sure he'll probably take a stalker up there or something because it's his time to spend time with his family. But I think there's venues where you're, you're just, we're missing the opportunities to entice people to come and show off and showcase those cars, those drivers, those classes, those sponsors, put new potential sponsors in areas because we do have a crowded, let's say we have a crowded landscape for NHRA national events. Uh, we're on a time restraint. We've got, we're talking about live TV. We got a lot of things that work against us when we're trying to get 800 cars on a property like Indy for the love of God that would have just been crazy as as I have no idea as Brad just fell out of his chair that I'm talking literally pissed <laughs> what? No, we, we avoided a full on Chris Farley like moment but it was uh, on the verge <laughs> Our chair just kinda... I built something that's why <laughs> did the chair almost break yeah almost uh, almost so yeah, yeah so, so that's the integrity so, of this other one. Yeah. 
So that 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 just kind of troubled me a little bit um, with with the way the schedule came out. And of course, everybody's screaming, "Where's the NHRA Sportsman schedule? You know, where where's Factory Stock Showdown going? Where's Top Sportsman? Where's Top Dragster going?" And uh, I am sure that even though it is the 11th of September uh, that we're recording this, I am sure it may very well be into the first part of November before we see the Top Sportsman, Top Dragster, Factory Stock Showdown Sportsman schedule. I'll be here holding my breath. You don't get a say anymore. I'm just over here venting. I'm venting just like our Australian group for our World Time Attack Challenge. Racers are down there. They're talking about they're calling us out. We're cheap. We won't send them decals. We won't bring on any of their racers on the show. So they're calling us cheapskates. We won't bring them on the show. I'm trying to figure out. Is Skype free in Australia? What did you what what did you do? What did you did you Skype Angie when you were down there in Australia? Littlefield, have you been down to Australia to Skype for free? You know, I've been down to Australia this 2007, so I I don't know if Skype was a thing then. <laughs> they I did not Skype, but cell phones work. So we might I'm sure I'm sure if, if Mark's or one of our homies down there is not sleeping currently. I mean, it's probably like 3 days later down there currently right now. So um you know, we'll have to see if we can get them on the show, just so we can talk. So we can talk to those blokes. WhatsApp, WhatsApp, yeah. all around the world. Is that what it is? I, yeah. I, look, I, I'm. You know, I did some research. I'm watching some of these World Time Attack Challenge videos and these rolling 500 meter starts and top speed challenges. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested. I, I think we had to had to get them on. You know, especially if we're gonna have a monster jam, monster truck driver on the show we should at least be able to get a world time attack challenge person you know what i mean yeah yeah part of last of thunderbird room where there's a fight in the bottom of every bottle <laughs> talk oh. some racing oh my god we're gonna have to have brad back just to be a translator yep <laughs> uh well look we've had a great week uh i'm happy i know it's a somerson day for 9-11 that we got out of the hospital today uh, i know when people listen on friday saturday um it'll be it'll be awesome uh hopefully everybody has a great weekend next week will be a completely different dumpster fire that we'll throw down at people but uh thank you very much for the ratings the reviews the likes the subscribes uh, wherever you may be listening to our podcast that we greatly appreciate it uh thank you for the t-shirt sales our apparel is up racers and rental cars.com go buy a shirt uh, stupid fast racing has got them on the on the midway so uh, by all means swing by if you're in pennsylvania this weekend i'm pretty sure you're gonna need a hoodie uh, somebody get one for one of the amish families that'll be on the hill watching uh throughout this weekend hashtag true uh but i'm out i'm done i'm gonna go take care of my wife brad once again thank you very much for being on the show cam tell the wife we said hello and take us out of here Will do. Uh, as usual, again, basically Don said everything I was going to say. Thanks for everybody listening and comment, subscribing, and uh, you know, reaching out to us. We actually got a lot of uh, hate mail this week about uh, the Jerusalem cruisers and the, and the sandals, so we appreciate that. That was really cool. Um, but uh, you know, thank you to Voice America for helping produce um, Streetway Marketing Media and uh, Stupid Fast Racing and performance data systems pds that uh you know helps uh allow us to do this and on that note 
See you next week. Later. Let's put it-